sounds great. Well, good morning, IFC. How's everybody feeling today? Man, y'all look great. I'm so glad you came to church today. Hey, if you're a guest with us and I haven't met you, my name is Josh. This lady is my wife, Stephanie. And uh, on behalf of our family and our team here, we want to say welcome home. We're super pumped that you would be here today. In fact, we'll be in the lobby afterwards. If we haven't met you, we would love to shake your hand and find out how you found out about our church and make sure we can serve you in any way possible. Hey, today's a very special service. It's actually a very different type of service. And uh, today is an ordination service. It's going to be a great day. Today's a very special day because I have the unique opportunity to publicly recognize a man who's taking his next step in his faith journey with the Lord and answering the call of God upon his life. Today, I have the honor and privilege of ordaining Mr. David Harris. Ordaining him into the ministry under the spiritual covering of International Family Church. David and his wife, Laura, have stepped out. This year, they've launched a brand new ministry called Unrelenting Ministries, simply in response to God's call and tug on their heart. I've known David for the last eight years, and I've watched his faithfulness not only to God's hand on his family, his marriage, but also to the ministry which God's called him to serve in right here at this church. He's been such a faithful person, still is. David and Laura have been um, partners of International Family Church for 13 years. They've been married for 26 years. Come on, you can make some noise about that. Amazing. They've got two amazing kids. Joshua's in the back right there, and Kayla's running sound for us today. Would you make some noise just for the whole Harris family? Proud of you guys. One thing that I know about David above anything and everything, and I do know a lot, we're, we not only do ministry together, but we're friends. David's a man of high integrity and flawless character, in my opinion, just a man who wants to walk and do the right thing before the Lord and before men and women. David's a servant to the core. In fact, this isn't in my notes, but when I spoke to him yesterday, he was scheduled to serve today. And I'm like, dude, it's... It's your ordination service. You can't be serving. It just shows you where his heart is. He's a servant to the core. Over the last eight years, I've watched him serve on many teams. He currently serves on the security team. And he leads a courageous brotherhood of men that call themselves point men. Any point men in the house today? I'm going to ask, would you stand and please welcome Mr. and Mrs. David Harris, please. can be seated. I want to begin just by telling you, I'm, I'm proud of you. At the core of this whole service, I'm, I'm just pumped and proud to ordain you today. Today's not a typical service for us at IFC, but I, I really believe that it's important that we do this together. A lot of times we would separate these services and we would do it in the evening or we would have a little private ceremony and I thought, no, not this time, maybe next time. I think it's important that we recognize that our church is growing and that leaders are emerging. 
Y'all going to have to help me preach today a little bit, okay? It's important that we celebrate those that have been faithful and those that have been focused and diligent and those that are taking a huge step of faith in honoring God by stepping out into the unknown. I want this service to be an example and a model for other men and women who are saying yes to the Lord and answering the call upon their life in whatever capacity. The truth is we find no instruction in the New Testament concerning the common practice of what we would call ordination. But there are numerous texts which indicate a setting apart or an anointing service or a laying on of hands and then sending out. In fact, we see it first in Acts 14, verse 23. It says, Paul and Barnabas appointed elders for them in each church that they were planting. And with prayer and fasting, they committed them. Everybody say committed them. That means we have a part to play in this. We're committing to you in what God's called you to do. Committed them to the Lord in whom they had put their trust. We see it again in Acts chapter 6, verse 6. It says, they presented these men to the apostles who prayed over them and then laid hands on them. Again, in Acts chapter 13, it says, So after they fasted and prayed, they placed their hands on them, and they sent them off to the ministry which God had called them. You know, ordination simply provides us the opportunity as a church and its leaders to affirm and recognize God's calling on an individual. Hebrews 11, probably one of my favorite, top favorite books of, of the Bible, we find a, a group of people that are referred to as we call them the Hall of Fame. I like to call it the Hall of Faith because that's what separates people is their faith. And it mentions great men and great women who used, who God used mightily. Such men like Abel, Enoch who was raptured, Noah who built an ark in a time of disaster, Father Abraham, Sarah, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, and the list goes on and on. But then he followed up in verse chapter 12, Hebrews 12, verses 1. It says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, and who's he talking about? He's talking about the Enoch's, the Noah's, the Abraham's. He's talking about that hall of fame. Man, they're up there cheering us on. It says, because they're cheering us on, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run. Everybody say run. You have a race to run. David has a race to run. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. I know a little bit about running. My, my father was a runner when I was a child. He would run five miles a day. It was just one of the things he did. Where's dad? Oh, he's out running. And then as I grew up as a young man, my, my older brother, Jeff, he was uh, not only just a, a, a runner, but he was a great runner. And so I know a little bit about running. He ran all kinds of races. And the one thing that I've observed is there's different types of races. One race that I know about because my brother ran it and I had to sit in the bleachers and watch him was a track race. And usually these are short individual events where they just sprint around the track as fast as they can. How many of you ran track when you were younger? All right, gonna watch out for y'all. Usually the track race is a short, short sprint. But then there's other races, and we celebrate one of the biggest races here in Boston. We, we celebrate marathons, and marathons are different because they're longer races that require extensive training and fortitude and endurance. 
Here's the thing that I know about the race that God's called us to and that he's called you to, David. It's actually a mix of both. It's a mix of both. There will be seasons that require fast, aggressive sprints. There will also be seasons that seem tedious and seem never-ending, requiring you to trust in the strength of the Holy Spirit. There's also another race that's worth mentioning in this time of ordination, and that's referred to as a relay race. Everybody say relay. relay. And the thing that's different about the relay race is it consists of a set of number of stages or legs of the race, usually four, and each leg is run by a different member of the team. The runner finishing one leg is usually required to pass on a baton to the next runner while they both are running in a marked exchange zone. I truly believe this is probably one of the most accurate pictures of what Jesus had intended when he delegated gifts to men and women within the body of Christ. It's a relay. David, I want to implore you to run this leg of the race the way that God has called you to run it. I also want to remind you that you are not running alone. We here as your friends and family, we're cheering you on. We believe in you. And when you look beside you, we're going to be right there saying, keep going, my friend. You got the goods. Let's do this together. Let me remind you, according to scriptures, that this calling, it's not about you. It's about other people. It's not about fame. It's not about ego. It's actually for the equipping of the saints so that they may run their race unhindered and fulfill their calling and their purpose. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 18 makes it very clear. He says that he handed out gifts of apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, and these gifts were handed out to do one thing, and that is to train, everybody say train, Christ's followers in skilled servant work, working within Christ's body, the local church until we're all rhythmically and easily with each other, efficient and graceful in response to God's Son until we become fully mature adults, fully developed within <coughs> and without, fully alive <coughs> unto Christ. I'm going to ask the congregation to stand with me at this time. And David, I'm going to ask you a few questions that I would ask you to answer aloud together, please. Do you believe that you are truly called by God to a life of faith and service in ministry to his people? Will you be faithful and diligent in the reading and the study of God's holy word? Will you be faithful and diligent in the reading? I already said that one. I get a little nervous too, you know. Do you commit to walk and display the love of Christ, embracing a life of faith and servanthood? I, I pray that the Lord, by his grace, upholds you in your service that God lays upon you, the calling that he's requested of you, and all of the believers would say, Amen. Amen. Today I charge you, as Pastor Stephanie and I were just a few short years ago, According to 2 Timothy 4.2, it says, Preach the word, be instant, be prepared in season and out of season, correct, rebuke, and encourage 
with great patience and careful instruction. He goes on in the next chapter to say, finally, I want to remind you, Timothy, do not neglect the gift that is in you and to continually stir up the gift of God which resides on you. I'm going to ask my wife to come at this time. and We're going to pray for David. And I'm going to ask the congregation not to be a spectator in this time, but we're participators today. Steph and I are not separating them to the ministry God has for them. It's the Holy Spirit that does that. But together we get to recognize that. And as the pastor of this church, I want you to know I believe in this couple. I believe in their faithfulness to God's call. Not only outside the house, but what they've done in the house has been pretty impeccable for me to watch. So I'm going to ask you, would you stretch your hands out as we bless them today and we pray for them. Father God, we thank you for David and Laura. Lord, I thank you that they're strong in the Lord and the power of your might. I declare that he's 10 times bigger on the inside than he is on the outside. I declare that greater is he that lives on the inside of him than he that lives in the world. That no evil shall befall them, neither shall any plague come nigh their dwelling. For we give angels charge over them to keep them in their pathway. And we know that pathway is protection, life, health, and healing, prosperity, and wisdom. For every situation and every circumstance that they face in the days ahead. We ask you, Holy Spirit, to lead them and guide them. Direct them every step of the way, teaching them correcting them and challenging them to continue to rely on the Word as their foundation. And the Spirit of God is their guide. Lord, I declare Psalms 512 over them. That the favor of God is not only upon you, it goes before you. It follows behind you, it surrounds you like a shield everywhere you go. Lord, I declare you're opening doors of ministry for David that are unthinkable. I thank you for raising up a generation of men and women who will look to them as leaders and follow them as they follow Jesus. Lord, we call everything that they set their hand to it prospers in Jesus' name. I declare he has the mind of Christ, wisdom beyond his years. Lord, I know they'll give you all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Jesus' name, amen, amen. You can be seated. A few years ago, we invited a bunch of ministers here from not only around the country, but several of them came from around the world. Well, we had the opportunity as a church, and you weren't here. This was a special ministers meeting, but we were ministering to them, and for some of them, they were being set apart into what God had called them to do, and it was a special time, and I like to celebrate special times. Anybody like special times and celebrations? And so I was asking the Lord, what can we do to mark this event for these men? And he, he gave me this crazy idea to give each of those ministers a hatchet. If you know me, that fits me perfectly. And as we prayed over those ministers on that service, we gave them the hatchet and we reminded them, as I want to remind you today, you're a pioneer. Follow the Holy Ghost, not man's opinion about what you should do or how you should do it. Seek the Lord first 
and he'll direct your steps. Seek counsel and wisdom, which I know you do, from those that you're submitted to, your board, and those that God's placed in your life, and they'll support you in that. But I want to remind you to follow the word so you can blaze a trail. Don't compare yourself to others, for the path set before you has not been cut yet. And here's what I know. As you blaze a trail and you cut a new path for ministry and where God's called you to go, there will be men that come and follow right behind you. Faithful laborers that were waiting for somebody that had greater vision than they did. They just said, I want to be faithful in helping you. So today I present you this hatchet. I want to remind you, you don't need to fear the future. Pioneer it, my friend. I think I lost my glasses. Go ye therefore, this is your ordination certificate. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always. Everybody say always. Even to the end of the world. That's Matthew 28, 19. This certificate is to certify that David, Harris, having the desire to obey the calling of the Holy Spirit to the gospel ministry, and having also by prayer and examination been found to be adequately qualified for said sacred calling, has been duly and solemnly ordained and set apart for the sacred office of ministry of the gospel of Jesus Christ by the laying on of hands in ordinance with the requirements of International Family Church and is authorized to preach the word of God and perform all duties pertaining to the minister of the gospel. I love you. I'm proud of you. One more time, would you stand up and give it up for David Harris? Love you, sir. Go get him. Go get him. Take care of this guy. I love you. Thank you so much. You can be seated. I don't like days like this. And I love days like this. I think sometimes when things get formal for me, I start kind of getting a little nervous. I feel like we're doing a wedding ceremony. And what we're doing is very holy and very sacred. And, and I want to take just the next few minutes and charge you for a second. Because some would say, well, that, man, I wouldn't have come today if I'd known it was an ordination service. I want to remind you that the body of Jesus Christ is not a service or a program. It's us gathered together as a body. And every one of us have a role and responsibility actually in what happened today. I want to give you four points. They're not going to be on the screen, so you're going to need to write them down for yourself. But I want to give you just a few little points on how to honor leaders that God places in your life. Specifically speaking today of my friend David, number one, you support them. You support them. 
1 Timothy 5.17 says the elders who are good leaders are to be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who work hard in preaching and teaching. For the scripture says, do not muzzle an ox while it's treading out the grain. And the worker is worthy of his wage. For some of us, the way that we would honor David, and I encourage you to it, by the way, support them financially. You can find out more about David's ministry, uh, unrelentingministries.org, I believe it is. You can just Google them and find them. There's a place you can support them. If the Lord lays it on your heart, partner with them. We would love for you to do that. Honor them by supporting them. Number two, the way we honor our leaders is we love them. How do you love somebody? 1 Thessalonians 5.12 says, Now we ask you, brothers and sisters, to give recognition, everybody say recognition, to those who labor among you and lead you in the Lord and admonish you and to regard them very highly in love because of their work. One of the greatest ways that I've been honored over the last two years as your pastor was simple things, not elaborate things. And you guys have been more than generous and blessed Steph and I. Sometimes it's the simple text to say, hey, man, I got your back. Hey, pastor, I'm standing with you. Hey, David, as you step out, know that I'm with you if you need something. A simple encouragement. What many people never understand because they will never step in this man's shoes is the faith and courage that it actually takes to do what God said to do. To create margin in your life away from your family and from your schedule to say, Lord, I I know there's more for me and I'm going to take the step of faith to do it. I think it's important that as we see men and women arise in our church and God calls them up and out to greater things than than just this house, that that we love them and one of the ways we do that is letting them know with our words. A simple text, a card of your gratitude and appreciation for their willingness sets you up for what God's called you to do. So how do we honor leaders? We, we support them. We, we love them. Here's a really important one. We pray for them. We pray for them. Romans 15, 30 says, Now I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, through the Lord Jesus Christ and through the love of the Spirit, to strive together with me in fervent prayers to God on my behalf. We honor people by supporting them. We also honor those that are in leadership by loving them and then, man, we could really put in some time on our knees for them. James says the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man or woman makes tremendous power available. I can tell you this right now. Every leader in your life could use some more prayer. There's not a leader in your life that would say, hey, it's all good. I don't need any more prayer. I got it all. People come up to me all the time and say, I'm praying for you. And I said, I hope you are. Because I need it. What David is stepping out to do, it is a step of faith. And I'll say this. When you take a step to honor God, the enemy immediately erase everybody around him to come and try to slow you down, attack you. And so make no mistake, David, there will be challenges in the days ahead because today you made a decision, but you're surrounded by people that are going to pray for you, making tremendous power available for your ministry. The number, one, number four, another way that we honor our leaders is you follow them. 
Hebrews 13, 17 now says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, since they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account so that they can do this with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. For the last two years, I have gently nudged men in our church, privately, publicly, from the stage, to get in small groups and to do life with each other. Because if the head of the house isn't committed, there's no leadership in that home. Right now, we're in the middle of a small group semester, and it'll run all the way through the end of the, almost till the end of the year, somewhere in November, December. And David's created a group of, a group of groups, actually, multiple groups called Point Man. And I'm impressed with these guys because they don't want to just gather together and have small talk. They want to do life together. And in those groups, they are sharpening each other to be the best that they can. And then they come back to this house and they commit to serve in capacities that nobody else wants to. For some of you men, you've been looking for a mentor. You've been looking for a leader. You've been looking for an example. And I want to tell you, look no further than my friend David Harris. The testimonies that are coming out of these groups that he is sacrificially given of his time his talent and his treasure is simply for keeping watch over your souls. There's not a man under the sound of my voice that doesn't need someone to encourage them, to pray for them, to call them and lift them up. And so I'm going to ask you, if you're not in a group, man, go find this guy and say, how do I get plugged in to point man? My prayer is that this won't be a one-time event that we do every 10 years. My prayer is that today that you would be provoked to say, what has the Lord called me to do? Where has the Lord called me to go? And maybe you're not called to a ministry like David's, but we're all called to the ministry of reconciliation, which means everywhere we go, we're in the ministry. Even though you clock in at the hospital as a nurse, guess what? You're there on duty serving under Jesus, the Messiah, the King, our Father. I wanted to do this publicly today and not privately because I believe there's many people in this room who God's been tugging on your heart to step up and step out of your comfort zone and to take that step of faith to do something greater than you've done before. And I want to tell you, when you do that, man, there's a great group of people that are cheering you on. There's a great group of people that want to honor you and recognize you and be a part of what God's doing in your life. And ultimately, I want you to know that God's raising up another generation of people in this church. David's no young man. But he's a seasoned person. He's a seasoned man. Battle-tested and battle-ready. And my prayer is that by honoring him today publicly, there will be some young men that say, I have a call of God on my life and I want to do something too. And I want you to know there's a place for that in this house. Would you stand with me? With your heads bowed and your eyes closed. I want to ask you today, maybe, maybe you're new to our church. Maybe this is your first time here. I'll tell you, this is a totally different service. You have to come back next week and hear all the funny stuff that I like to say during my sermons. But our prayer is that every Sunday... 
We present the opportunity for people to make a life change. We present an opportunity for you to meet Jesus Christ. We've been talking a lot about this behind closed doors and why we have services and why we do programming. I'll, I'll tell you at the core of everything we do, my prayer is that you would be inspired through the service today and then challenged to reach out and meet Jesus, the one who is the inspiration for our life. Maybe you're here today and you don't have hope, you don't have dreams, you don't have passion. You say, I don't have any inspiration. I can't give it to you, but Jesus can. The Bible says that God loved us so much that he sent Jesus to this earth to die on a cross that you could have a relationship with God, your Father, your Creator, and understand your purpose. And that there is a destiny for you. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I, I want to just pray for you. On the count of three, I just want to ask you, would you just raise your hand and wave it at me? Just so I knew who I'm praying for today. I see that hand already. One, two, three. If you need Jesus, raise your hand. I see it, buddy. I got you. Yes, ma'am, I see you right here. You say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. I see you right here. I see you guys. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I won't embarrass you. I'm not going to call you forward. I just want to know who I'm praying for. Last call. You say, Pastor, include me in that prayer. I need Jesus today. I need a fresh start. I need a new life. All across this building, you can look up at me. We're a judgment-free zone. Every one of us in this room at some time has raised our hand or should have raised our hand. So today we celebrate with those that did, and I want to do this with us as a family together. Just say this out of your heart. Say, Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for Jesus. Thank you for sending your Son to die on a cross for me that I could have my sins forgiven. So today, I repent. I turn from my ways to your ways. In Jesus' name. Everybody said, amen, amen. amen. God bless you.